Hi, welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. I'm Peter Brush, a currently on hiatus stand-up comic because of all the germs. And this is a show where I talk to my yoga teacher, Kayla McCormack, about yoga, the nature of mind, happiness, and loads of other stuff. Well, whatever we want, really. If you've been enjoying the show, thank you very much. I hope you enjoy this one as well, obviously. Please don't forget to subscribe and find us on social media. On Instagram, I am at peterbrush underscore, and Kayla is at Kayla McCormack Yoga. We're on Twitter as well, but it's not as good on there, is it? Thank you for sharing our posts or for giving us nice reviews on Apple. If you've been doing that, that kind of thing really helps other people to find the show, which is great for us. So thank you. Anyway, here comes the show. Any moment. Like, it's about to... The next thing you hear is the show. I think somehow I have managed to get at least a little bit of a reputation because I've been contacted by three different people to work in their studios that happened that way around, which is quite satisfying, quite abnormal, I would have thought. Well, don't cause... show off, because it doesn't happen to me. So, no. <laughs> sure it does. I'm sure you get people contacting you. You wouldn't have any work. <laughs> people are intimidated to ask me, that's why. Because they, they yeah, think, oh, okay. he's too good for our night, or yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. probably not going to do it for this fee, because he's too yeah. good for that. You know, when people are like, oh, yeah. let's, get, let's get Brad Pitt, let's get Peter Bush. <laughs> oh, we can't, we can't. Mm. Obviously, not been allowed to do any stand up for like nearly a year. Part of me dreads going back, actually. I mean, you were saying last week stuff's only funny if you've got a shared context and like all that. So, if you're performing all over the country to all different types of people, but you, you end up doing like as easily accessible a stuff as you, mm. you can, really. And I like to think that I'm not like boring and I'm not hack or anything, and that I sort of trying to be as original as I possibly can be in that setting. Where you mm. where you have where everyone gets it, but it's kind of uniquely you, hopefully. But you spend a year not going out and doing club comedy, and mm. anything you write is much more tailored towards your individual. Like you're kind of writing for yourself a bit more than you are writing mm. for other people. And then I'm looking at all this stuff I've written over the last year and thinking, well, I'm not going to bother trying that because that's not going to work. Right. That won't work on a Friday night. That won't work on a Friday night. Yeah. And yeah. you know, someone would tell you that what you do is where are you looking sorry the sun just came out okay it's not too boring is it no i look at a screen all day all right give me a break all right fair (laughs) enough so people Mm. would tell you that oh well you save your most interesting stuff for when you do edinburgh and you can do an interesting edinburgh show you can do stuff that doesn't necessarily have to be clubby then but even that's not true because if you're an unknown quantity, people still don't go in knowing what they're expecting in an Edinburgh yeah. show. So even though you don't have to, even though you're not doing stuff about penises for <laughs> 20 minutes, like in front of a load of drunk people, if they still don't quite, if they're not bought into your thing, it's still harder. So there's a bit of a, a feel, a similar kind of feel in the yoga world with uh, yoga teachers teaching like new newbies. But I feel more like what you say, like it's not, you know, some teachers are like, oh, I really don't like take, or, you know, I really find it hard to teach people who are brand new to yoga because I think that that's because they find it hard to teach people that are maybe a little bit unfit or something. But really, in my opinion, what I don't really mind what fitness level you're at as long as you're obviously signed off by your doctor <laughs> or whatever. But like that doesn't bother me. I think the thing that, that gets me is, you know, if you, if, when you work in a studio it's more it's quite common to get people that you've never seen before in every single class that you teach so like you could teach there for a year and you will still get people in your class every class that you've never seen before 
don't get me wrong, you always get your regulars as well. They come quite regularly and you, you really get to know and you can help them and stuff like that. But you always get those people that you, that come who maybe they're just like up here for, you know, work or something and they're just going to drop into a class and then they're going home, you know, and that's and you will you won't see them again and this is the first time you've ever seen them. And some of them might be coming to classes that are like intended for people that, you know, like the vinyasa classes are intended for people that know what they're doing. And so maybe they know what they're doing, but they don't know you. And I feel like that makes such a big difference. They don't know how you talk. They don't know what kind of cues you, you, you say. You know, like, I just feel like they don't, they don't really know you. Not that they don't know yoga necessarily. I feel like that's more of a bit of a challenge is making sure people understand what you, where you're coming from. And that's why, like, if you don't hate the class, I'd really encourage people to try three or four. <laughs> that way they get the hang of how you teach and what your vocabulary is like and stuff. And then they can make a, a more accurate decision of if they like the, the, your style of teaching or not, you know, unless you've been practicing for years and you've been to multiple teachers and you're probably a yoga teacher yourself or something like that, then, then you be a bit quicker to judge, I think. But if you're brand new to it or newish to it, then sometimes, you know, you find, you might find a class hard because you're, you're not understanding the teacher, not because the class itself is actually hard or something like that. You know, you need more practice understanding the cues that, that are being spoken. So it is like having fans, isn't it? Yoga fans. Yeah. <laughs> when you say cues, though, that's absolutely right. Because I know that what you're going to say, not before you say it sometimes. Almost. Almost. Why are you alluding to the, the other day when I did a I did the wrong thing the other day, didn't I? No, it's good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it so much. I, I do that. The other day in my... Um, corporate class i i was teaching oh so i'll cover this probably today anyway but the next so in my in my we were teaching the next uh niyama and i made a point to do something on one side we did our three-legged downward dog during our sun salutation so we put the leg up in the air and then had a little stretch and then finished that side of the sun salutation and then when we did the other side i didn't do the three-legged downward dog and I kind of did it on purpose because I'm a little bit mean like that. <laughs> but I did do it eventually. But I, I was just saying like the whole emphasis there was just like, you know, how many people did it without me saying. So like how many people just did it on their own because they think, oh, she's, she's forgotten. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and how many people didn't do it and then thought, did, did we do that? I don't think we didn't do that. Uh, and I think that's really funny because that like goes along with this idea of, of uh, trying to let go of control, especially if you if you follow my lead. But if you're a really good student and you've been practicing me for a while, you probably just do it, even though I haven't asked you to, because you're like, oh, well, maybe she forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened. Yeah. And the other day when we were doing half, I think we were doing upward dog plank upward dog downward dog plank upward dog downward dog plank. and then at one point i said i'll oh, go back to a child's pose and half the class went into downward dog <laughs> half the class went into a child's pose it was like haha <laughs> i tricked you <laughs> well i'm glad you're fun. finding amusement for yourself during lockdown then <laughs> <laughs> i'm always reminded by that ridiculous part i don't know if you've ever seen it hotel transylvania where that where that fly is teaching aqua aerobics and then he's like you know hands up hands down and then he goes and he spits into his hands and smears the you know as flies do yeah. and then all the people in the pool tried to do it and he went no don't copy that <laughs> that's what i feel like i could basically make anyone do anything i want then you just follow along <laughs> mm, power trip there <laughs> power trip just a little bit yeah. 
It's all right. It always, everybody always loves it. <laughs> Do they? Well, actually, yeah. it's better when you're on your own at home and you don't feel stupid then for getting something wrong. Maybe, yeah, a bit. I think that I think that does appeal to people. But I, I've also heard the exact opposite. You know, people say like, "I have no one to compare myself to," so I've, I'm only comparing myself to you in a sense, and you're really good. So yeah. it makes me feel less good because I can't see that the other people are probably more like me. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, there's always a, like a good and a bad side to things. I kind of prefer it in some ways because I don't. I think like. Showing up in the first place is the hardest thing sometimes. Do you know, like if mm. you when you're starting to get into it, I, I think that if you're new and newish, and especially the first time, I don't know, the first few times you go to a mm. class, first you've got like, is everybody at the class going to be good at this? And I'm terrible, so you might feel mm. a bit like, should I? Or and the other thing is that like people at the class know each other as well, so then you're mm. you're also imposing on that. You think they're probably very welcoming, and nice people, but. Mm. You know, there's that's a hang up that you could have, or I probably had before turning up to a class in in person. So you don't have that quite so much yeah. online. I know that at the beginning you'll chat to people, and you know you might feel a little bit nervous then, like oh, everyone knows each other in a way. But it's a little easier mm. to maybe deal with that if you're not sat next to everybody and everyone's, and then everyone feels, oh, should we talk to this person? And then because it's me, I'll say something daft when they ask me. <laughs> how I am <laughs> I won't say the right thing and then they'll be like oh he's a bit odd and then I won't have enough time to rectify that before the class starts and then I'll be for the whole of the class I'll be thinking have, have you only ever been to leisure centre classes or have you always been to <laughs> just what sorry I was just wondering because because this doesn't sound like a normal studio experience <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to talk to anyone you just go get on your mat no one will bother you I promise I'd only gone to the leisure centre because it's around the corner. Oh, okay, so. okay, okay. They were all very tight knit at the leisure centre. Definitely, they had their little groups and they all got together, didn't they? At the in the back of the class, and we'd have a good chat. And afterwards, they would have a good chat as well. It's quite cute, really. It's like a social thing. It's good. I liked it. But I also think, like when it, when you work at a at a studio, you tend to get a lot of people that come in, and sure, they might have a bit of a chat, but a lot of people just went straight to the mat and like popped into a child's pose. Which is like universal sign for don't talk to me. <laughs> That's a, exactly the sort of thing a hedgehog would do, isn't it? Right. <laughs> oh, did you see what I shared recently about the porky pet? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Isn't he adorable? Yeah, I suppose so. I don't like to get roped into this, like, what animals I'm supposed to like. and You can like any animal you want. Yeah, most animals are okay. Aren't they? I mean, I don't, I don't mean them harm or anything, but I feel like I'm just uh, before I start thinking about how cute an animal is, I will sort of think because because you know we're like drawn to animals with like big eyes. He's got a massive nose. Does that count? Maybe I don't know if it's to do with your facial features and stuff, but obviously we think some animals are more. I'm sure I read somewhere that it's to do with. The fact that they look more like babies, you know, like babies have big eyes mm. and big facial features compared to mm. them. So, so we're kind of drawn towards dogs with big eyes and pandas with big eyes and, you know, that, yeah. that kind of thing. So I don't want to allow myself to be tricked into thinking some animals are cute and some animals are less cute because I feel like then I'm just sort of discriminating against... Being animalist. Yeah, I'm discriminating <laughs> against the ugly animals. I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> well, I'm going to abashedly say that the tiny little porky pet 
is adorable. Okay. <laughs> That's why everyone wants to save the panda and they don't give a shit about, I don't know, some other thing. That lizards. We don't care about. Yeah, lizards, probably. Snakes, I don't know. I quite like snakes. I think they're pretty cute. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a like an ugly animal. I don't know. Some lizards. Ugly rather. animal. That, that fish. What's that fish? That's really ugly. The one with the big droopy face. I know what one that you mean. One. With the yeah. f- things growing like a beard type thing on it and stuff. Or, <laughs> yeah. That's an ugly fish. Or like a stonefish or something, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. A blobfish. It's the blobfish, isn't it? There's yeah. a reason why the WWF don't have a stonefish on their like logo, and it's like a I don't know, was it a panda or a, a... It was a panda because the pandas were the first animal that they brought back from you know near extinction. Yeah, because they're cute. They didn't save the save the cute pandas. That's <laughs> let all the other animals die, like the ugly ones. We don't need them. <laughs> I wouldn't discriminate against an ugly human being. I would hope. <laughs> over yeah, over, yeah, yeah, over yeah. an attractive human yeah. being, even though I'm sure we do that so naturally, because they say that people that are better looking are more successful, aren't they? They usually find themselves yeah. higher up in roles. They're trusted more. I read a interesting bit about that. Is this why I'm not on TV? By the way, <laughs> maybe no, no, no. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, but it said it was like a Buddhist article or piece or whatever um thing that i was reading about you know the effects of karma so like even if you don't like the idea of of death and rebirth as a human you know like the literally dying and being reborn into a new body or whatever your your consciousness or your soul even if you don't like that idea i quite like the idea of karma from a point of view that every action you have will have some sort of reaction at some point in time everything you choose to do is a choice and that will affect your life so I kind of like it from that point of view. But one of the uh, one of the com- one of the things it said was that you know you you kind of accumulate this negative karma, this bad karma, and eventually that you know comes through in, into you your lives if you were thinking in multiple lives. And one of the things it just said in like one sentence was ugly people had bad karma in their previous <laughs> life. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Oh, that's awfully blunt. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about that. That's justifying suspicion of ugly people, isn't it? That's like I feel like, like it. Yeah. Saying, yeah well, I'm not maybe, sure I should but... trust him with my money because what did he do in a previous life? Because yeah. <laughs> he's ugly, so he must yeah. have done something dodgy in a past life. <laughs> don't don't necessarily agree with that one. <laughs> I think I'd rather be an attractive dog than an ugly human. And you'd get a lot more <laughs> attention, wouldn't you? Yeah, these days. Yeah. And the thing is also, like, you would be an attractive dog for, like, 12 years. And so you, even if, like, you miss the human privileges, you only have to do it for 12 years, don't you? Yeah. Like, if you have to go back in time and be an ant, Oof. that'd be a bit rubbish, but it won't last as long. Yeah, but how long do you have to live as an ant? How many ant lives do you have to live before you can upgrade to, like, I don't know, bird life? Yeah, yeah that's true, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. You have to really pull your weight, like, cutting leaves, <laughs> wouldn't you? So. Right, shall I just quickly talk about our final Niyama? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so Did you-, you do Tuesday's class? No, not the lunchtime one, though. No, no. Okay, so this is all new for you. It is, but I know what the topic is, so I'm hoping I can chip in a little bit. (laughs) Okay, so the fifth niyama in our in our list is um, Ishvara Pranidhana. 
<laughs> it's a tongue twister. Do you want to say you that again so that we've got a better cut for me? <laughs> sure. Ishvara Pranidhana. Okay. I'm going to keep them both in because it's funny to say it again. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are you going to get me to say it? <laughs> uh, no, uh, you have to say it ten times fast. Then you understand it. It's like a magic trick, you know, like Beetlejuice. If you say it ten times fast, you just all of a sudden you understand it. So it basically just means surrender. Or if you if you look into it more, it's more like surrender to a higher power. But I know that a lot of people don't really take to that. Like as soon as you say surrender to God, that we've talked about this before, that shut off, and nobody's listening anymore because they're like, ah, that sounds stupid. But the idea of just letting go and in, of the things we can't control. That, that for me, that is the basis of it. That is the general idea, which we did talk about, actually. We did exactly talk about that and mm. with the God sort of thing in it. And yeah. also, you know that the literal translation of Islam is submission, I think. Mm. So I think that's what they say in Islam, is just submitting yourself totally to God. Yeah. And his whims, <laughs> whatever his plan is for you. He's got a plan for you. You can't change that. So just... <laughs> sounds a bit ominous when you put it like that. <laughs> oh God, does he? <laughs> you can't a- appeal and say, "Oh, well, I had these other ideas." No, no, he's got to do what he says. Well, there's the other thing. There's there's this idea that in certain like spiritual things, I don't know if they believe this literally or not, but this is like an example. But like the idea that there's a space in between your lives. So if you believe in multiple lives, there's a space in between. And in that space between lives, you kind of make a decision on what you want to learn. So like, oh, I want to learn perseverance or patience or anger management or something like that. And then you're (laughs) not French. And then you're put into like, oh, and then the idea is that you're reborn into a life where you will have that challenge and then you can learn that so France, or not. Then. <laughs> not French. <laughs> not France, no. no. <laughs> but you know, like if you, if you were born into a really poor family or something, you might learn something different than if you were born into a really rich family or really mean family or whatever anyway but what i'm basically saying is that you have no control over a lot of stuff which is what we talked about before mm-hmm. about not having to have control of the weather thank god and um <laughs> but there's the idea you know you can't control who your, your parents were you can't control what, what country you were born in for the most part you can't really control what you look like i mean sure we can all try and be our healthiest versions of ourselves but unless you go under the knife you can't control what shape your nose is and we have to find a little bit of peace with with that, hopefully. Because if not, you put yourself through a lot of harm, don't you? Mm-hmm. I don't don't necessarily agree with all the uh, plastic surgery for no reason. There's definitely a place for good plastic surgeons. Accidents happen, but I don't think that uh, perfectly good people should be chopping themselves up all the time. They look worse sometimes, anyway, or often, Oh, yeah, actually. I think so. Like, yeah. I think it's just a slippery slope. You start trying to correct something and it's not going to quite look right, so you're going to do something else to it and then exactly. you turn into Michael Jackson. Or maybe so. you like it and you think that maybe you need giant lips. No, thank you. But anyway, so ignoring that the fact that you could probably change a lot of stuff, trying to just find peace with it is a better idea. Yeah, for the time being, until they can, you know, have designer babies and sort of... <laughs> Design, like change your genes oh god that sounds like a recipe for a disaster <laughs> i don't know how the human genome project is is getting on at the moment but do you know much about it <laughs> no i don't no. i don't like this idea this sounds horrible because even if you did pop out a lot of perfect babies what's perfect yeah, yeah. you want lush eyebrows or teeny tiny skinny eyebrows well unfortunately right. the, the, that thing about sally phillips didn't make the cut weeks ago but you're talking about 
the fact that she has a Down syndrome child and that that adds to the diversity mm. of hu- all human experiences. So if if as time goes on, I would mean, like to keep this in, but I don't, hopefully it doesn't lose the context. So she's got, you know, the actress Sally Phillips has got a kid with Down syndrome, but she's very positive about the fact that it mm. like, adds a new dimension to her life and that if you were able to intervene early enough so that there were no Down syndrome children in the world ever, you would lose a, a specific human experience a way of mm. seeing the world and become more homogenized it all see things exactly the same way it wouldn't add to yeah. the you know overall human experience and kind of agree with that it's like yeah i agree i mean otherwise you're just going to be pumping out you know attractive sort of you know white people for <laughs> 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 you? I mean, glamorous you... people glamorous people with their beautiful skin mm. and their very plump lips apparently <laughs> P- presumably people don't necessarily find the you know the hollywood standard of beauty is the you know their ideal anyway do they i would have thought no no i mean i think that there's so much that we can't change about ourselves but what you can what you can change is just try you know it's just to be the healthiest version of you i'm not saying that you should kill yourself trying to get there as well i mean there is a balance with that too but i just mean like if you're doing everything and you think yes i'm healthy i'm i'm a healthy i've got healthy muscle mass i've got you know i'm I'm careful about what i eat and what i drink you know all around i'm pretty happy i don't smoke whatever all these big things that you could do you know i'm pretty happy i'm a healthy happy person then you kind of like, that's it. That is what you look like. And if you don't think you're beautiful, that's something that you need to work on. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look nice and, and stuff, but really you all, it should always come from a, from just a health perspective. You should just be the healthiest version of you. And that's that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because uh, I've actually been watching um, Baywatch, yeah. <laughs> which has this horrendous <laughs> reputation for being obviously half-naked, beautiful people or whatever. But to be honest, they're not all beautiful. They look pretty, you know, some's got big nose, some's got big eyebrows, kind of all these things that you could pick out if you wanted to. But the thing they all have in common, though, is that they're, they're all obviously trying to be really healthy. And, it, and whether that's fake or not, you know, is up for debate, obviously, when it comes to Hollywood. But in general, as a character, they're all supposed to be really healthy. You know, they swim every day. They run around literally every day. They're always doing stuff. So they're supposed to be really healthy people. They're always, they have a gym and stuff that they're always lifting weights and shit. So, like, like the idea is that they're really healthy people. And so that's why they look the way they do. But to be honest, not all of them are, I mean, like, I, no way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think I'll be watching it, but. Yeah. <laughs> There's too much judgment about it. If you tell people you're watching Baywatch, the first thing they do is go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're watching Baywatch, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Pamela Anderson. Hmm, Pamela Anderson's not even in it yet. <laughs> oh, right. I, mean, I don't know. What do you. Go on for... Oh, let's stop talking about Baywatch, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we haven't got all the time in the world. I won't be talking about Baywatch for most of it. So. so what else did you want to talk about before we finish? Because I'm conscious of the time. And my laptop just dropped down to 19%. 19? Oh, God. So mm, there I really is a... In. I don't know. I've, I've talked about the illusion of control and stuff before. Mm. And I, so not probably not my observation, but... You know how they always say that, you know, it's safer to travel on a plane than it is, like, driving to the airport is more dangerous than the actual plane. Yeah. But you often feel more nervous about flying in a plane than driving to the airport because, partly because, obviously, a plane crash is is more potentially horrific than, you know, crashing a car. You might be a minor crash. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there's the illusion that 
of control when you're driving a car. Yeah. You think, oh well, you know, I'll sort it. If something happens, I'm, I'm, I'll still be able to like, you know, yeah. weasel my way out of it somehow by like turning the steering wheel a few times or something, or doing something that James yeah. Bond would do or something. But you, <laughs> I'll James Bond it. <laughs> yeah. So you think you're in control, like behind the car, but. Even then, there's still so much that you're not really in, you're not in control of conditions. You're not in control of any of the other drivers. You're not in control yeah. of you know whether there's a malfunction on the traffic lights or whatever. Are you? Um, but you feel like you're in control because you're you're sitting by a steering wheel and some yeah. pedals. So that's got nothing to do with surrendering, I suppose. But well, it kind of does because that's the idea. Is you're 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 letting you're trying to let go of the idea that realistically you're not in control. You know, because yeah, like you're saying, like sure, you've got this illusion of control if you if you're driving over what you're saying, either taking a plane or whatever. But really, you're not because there's so much you can't control about that that it doesn't. You know, you're basically not in control. I think when people think about like having control in their lives, I think you know a lot of people think like, oh, but I have no control. You know, like oh, I've got all these like obligations and things, and it's like, well really even obligations are your choice you know there's a lot of things that we could really we do actually have control over but i suppose the idea behind surrender is letting is really is is letting go of the things that you really don't have control over but i suppose the first step is being able to identify what that could be and what that isn't you know because like yeah sure you have control over how your books go on your shelf and maybe that makes you feel better if you know everything is tidy and in its place but you don't have control over who's going to come and knock on your door if you're going to get like one of those uh charity guys coming around like, come money <laughs> <laughs> oh please support our charity oh go away <laughs> no that makes us sound lovely <laughs> but... <laughs> i like what we said in episode nine about like letting go of that control and being happy with that i think that was really quite applicable to this there's a load of arguments about free will and stuff that i think are sort of connected but there's not enough time to talk about that but i feel like interesting topic i think we could cover that in the next uh, yeah i think we could cover that in the next one i shouldn't hold pens i'll make i'll keep pressing it if i It's good you laugh a lot because I feel like I'm not saying that as if like I'm so needy that I need the validation in that sort of sense. I'm not saying that. Do you laugh at everything though, or does it use? Are you selective about what you laugh about? Or uh, I don't think I laugh at everything. It's more of a challenge to make someone who doesn't laugh that much laugh than it is to make someone that always laughs laugh. Do you know? Hmm. So in a way, I want you to say, "Oh no, no one ever really makes me laugh." Actually, <laughs> I never laugh ever. No. no. <laughs> It's like when I started to try and make my nan laugh because it just I don't remember her smiling for like 25 years and then I was sort mm. of like, this is something, this is someone to work on. <laughs> and eventually I've sort of slowly got around to making her laugh at the odd thing. So, But that's, yeah, I don't know. It's a stupid thing with me really. It's like, um, it's a character flaw, but it's also a challenge, you know, like someone doesn't yeah. laugh and you're like, well, like I'm supposed to be funny, so I'm going to break you. <laughs> so I'm going to make you be happy. <laughs> Claire said to me recently, she said, you don't really like people that don't find you funny. And I was just like, <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> like, of course not. Why would I like anyone that doesn't find me funny? <laughs> exactly. You know, if someone doesn't laugh at me, then obviously I'm not going to like them as much. Clearly. That makes me sound like a petty, small individual in some, in some ways. A little bit. It's just like, you know, <laughs> 
I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course I'm not going to. It's like, if you're going to hang around someone and, like, you're going to crack jokes, even if you're not, you know, a comedian, you just, like, yeah. you know, so if they don't laugh at anything you say, well, how are they going to be as good company? They're not, are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean you don't like them. It just means maybe yeah, you does. don't like them. Oh, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something's wrong with them. <laughs> they're wasted they're wasted energy you know like <laughs> i could turn it some other directions right i think i'm gonna get going now yeah you should do okay so i'll probably okay. see you in like 40 minutes or something so. yeah sounds good thanks for listening hope you enjoyed the show if you would like to know about the other Niamas, we've been covering them the last few weeks. So that's from episode 7 onwards. So if you've not heard those, then they're obviously wherever you found this, as well as all of our other episodes. And if you haven't heard any of those, then what are you doing? Hurry up, get binging. Also, I haven't mentioned this before, but it's in the show notes. So it's all there, but I haven't said anything. But obviously, the podcast is completely free. But if you have been listening for a while and would like to, I believe the terminology is buy us a coffee, like on a totally voluntary basis... If that's something you want to do, if you do go to the show notes or my social media, you can find a link to my Ko-Fi site, which is a website which allows you to donate the equivalent of a cup of coffee if you so want to do so. If you do it, please comment with your donation with the word podcast in there somewhere so they know it's directly related to the show and then it can go directly towards the hosting and the running costs and then anything above that is split between us. Obviously, that's a completely voluntary thing. Just, you know, some people might want to do that if they've been listening for a while i don't know you know other podcasts do it so well they have patreon accounts we don't have one of those maybe we'll in the future but at the moment we don't so that's the avenue you would use if you wanted to support financially in any way which of course you don't have to because it is free but it's something that people might want to do and i haven't mentioned it before but i thought i would in the most awkward and long-winded way that i possibly could as is rather on brand anyway next time we talk about the idea of free will which is a really interesting topic, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss that. Uh, what else do podcasters say? Yeah, share, press that button, follow our accounts, ask us questions if you want via the internet. All that, anything you want us to talk about in future, get in touch. So, yeah, so seriously, thank you. Uh, I hope you love the show and that it's adding something of value to your life and that you laugh at it and stuff. Right, congratulations for making it this far into the message. It's the longest one in the world, isn't it? Right, bye.